The following audio is brought to you by Summerside Community Church in London, Ontario. For more information on Summerside, visit us online at www.summersidechurch.ca. Well, I want to really just take a, a moment to let you know that this is a different service uh, today. Um, and it's a special day. It's an important day. It's a day that the elders and the staff have been praying would lead to uh, Jesus being glorified, that the body here uh, at Summerside uh, would uh, be grateful for, and a couple, very dear to all of us here, Pastor Mark and his wife Faith, uh, that they would also be encouraged. Today, we are going to be reflecting on Pastor Mark Cuthbert's 30 years of faithful service here at Summerside. And for those of you that aren't aware, just a quick heads up on what what he's done. He is uh, both the founding and lead pastor of Summerside. Uh, much later on, he transitioned to a role as associate pastor um, when Devin McDonald came on as lead pastor. And after Devin, uh, Pastor Devin moved to another call, um, pastor Mark stepped back in as the interim lead pastor for a season. And beginning on February 1st, uh, Pastor Mark and Faith are going to embark on what we would say is a much well-deserved sabbatical uh, to travel and to seek God's will for the next chapter of of, of uh, their lives. So our elders and all, I speak for all of our leaders today, we just want to recognize, thank, and celebrate uh, Mark and Faith for your service uh, and loving spiritual leadership uh, to our family. And I just want to just say personally, um, I can just tell you in the five months that I've been spending time with Mark, uh, I consider it a privilege to call Mark my friend. And I am grateful for the way that he has poured into me in just a short period of time. And I want you to know uh, that when the elders were planning this special day for Mark, uh, with a focus on celebrating him and his faithful service, and I don't think this will surprise any of you that know him, he, uh, he wanted to make sure that the emphasis wasn't on him. He wanted to make sure that this is a special moment for all of you to celebrate what Jesus Christ has been doing here at Summerside. And instead of uh, inviting a one um, guest preacher to come somewhere to speak uh, at this uh, day, um, it was on Pastor Mark's heart to actually bring up three people that have been involved in different ways in this church uh, to speak. And I'm just going to just introduce them quickly. And then they're going to come up one by one, and uh, we're going to give them a little time. And I'll just tell you who they are. They can fill in a little bit more. But first, we're going to bring up Jeff St. Marie, uh, who uh, has been significantly involved here for over 15 years. Then we're going to ask Jay and Liz Wright, a couple who were there, uh, meeting in Mark's house uh, at the beginning, connected with the Cuthberts before this all came to be. And then finally, um, Pastor Bob Popma and, uh, and his wife Michelle were involved uh, at Summerside in the very early days. Pastor Bob then went on to pastor Olivet Baptist Church in Westport, Ontario. He's going to come up. 
uh, after Jay and Liz and close out. And uh, then our elders are going to come up and pray. So we look forward to hearing all of you. Uh, Jeff, I'll invite you up to speak. Thank you, Leo. Bear with me, I'm a prop guy, so. Well, math is not Pastor Mark's strong suit. It was the summer of 2002 when our family sauntered down the back stairs of the old church to join the coffee time which was held between services. Our family, Patsy and I, had been actively involved in a church in Byron since we were married there in 19. 86, and uh, now we had two young children, and we were looking for something a little closer to home so our family would have a closer faith community to build into. We live not far from Mark and Faith, and we already actually had a connection with the Cuthbert family as Faith had provided child care to our kids when they were very young. Well, you know, once you have triplets, it's kind of like running your own daycare anyways. So consequently, another couple of kids in the mix really uh, didn't seem to matter too much. So we were very grateful for that time. And thankfully, thankfully, they all survived. (laughs) Some are in therapy, but they all survived. (laughs) Well, the first face that I recognized when I went downstairs was Elmer Williams, whom I had known for decades from our shared background in the auto service industry. I poured a coffee, sat down with him, and it just felt like we were at home. Well, we all went upstairs for the service, and it was cozy, you might say. Uh, musical accompaniment was provided by Jamie Cuthbert on the guitar. Charlie White, some of you will remember Charlie White. He was the song leader, and providing his own very unique style of song leading, follow the bouncing ball. <laughs> At the same time, Tyler LaGuff was kneeled down in front of the overhead projector, moving the slide up so we could see the words. We've come a long way, baby. Well, we were in what was considered the new wing, as the old building facing the road was becoming more of a warehouse, but was still used from time to time for some small group meetings. Well, apart from the small plaza to the east of us and a few new homes sprouting up along Meadowgate Boulevard, Summerside Subdivision, as we know it, was really just another cornfield on the edge of the city. The Carroll Farmhouse was just southeast by the fence, and we often used their driveway to access parking on the church lawn. The old barn stood where our rear parking lot is now. Well, I soon discovered that half of Dorchester also attended Summerside with the amalgamation of Westminster Hope Baptist and Dorchester Baptist churches in the mid-1980s. Well, it wasn't long before we were immersed in this growing church family and there were conversations being held about building a new building to serve the pending new subdivision just under the leadership of then the developers, Zed Group. Well, one of the challenges that we faced as a church was Zed Group was not particularly interested in selling us any land. And in fact, we were landlocked, so to speak, with a proposed commercial development being built just to the west of us. We really had no place to grow. Well, that all changed in 2004 when the city insisted that Commissioner's Road be widened to accommodate the increased traffic that would come with the commercial development, which required the demolition of the old church building. Well, now the tide had turned and Zed Group was very interested in talking to us and selling us some land. 
Well, the deal was done. And with a very building, a very committed building committee under the leadership of Ron Harris and Greg Elliott, Barabow Construction was selected to take on the project. Well, the cross that you see as you come in the foyer, that's the floor beams out of the old church. And all those yellow bricks that you see on the facade and the wall, that's from the Carroll Farmhouse. And with all the vigor and the unity of a barn raising, we watched some local Mennonites methodically take apart our old barn, which was in the back, beam by beam, only to take it away and put it together somewhere else. Not only that, they paid us. It was a wonderful deal. (laughs) Well, the church was growing, and we were blessed with some gifted youth pastors who passed through our church over the years. Summerside has an enviable record of growing our own leaders, starting with our own Dwayne Francois. Following in his footsteps was Luke Cuthbert and Tyler LeGuff and a host of youth interns, including Corey Brown and Andrew Miller and Matt Damstra and and, uh, Eric Pratcher. Our leadership team consisted of paid staff elders, deacons, and lay leaders. It was a beehive of activity around here in that season of construction, with numerous ministries all vying for a little larger piece of the building. Phase one, as we see it now, would eventually be completed as the funds came in. The church library, the lower classrooms, and the south wing were eventually completed. Phase two, a.k.a. known as a gym, are still pending. Luke, please be patient. It's coming. Jesus may get here sooner. Well, Dwayne moved on to Ajax, and Daryl Molyneux joined our church as a youth pastor. There was kids' choirs, musical productions, Father's Day services open to the community, and skits of every kind that regularly engaged our growing youth population to the delight of all who came. It was in this season that the former Glencairn Baptist Church became Compass Community Church, and we joined forces with them in the area of youth ministry. Our Dorchester building had been sold, and we had run out of space for our youth activities. Compass had a large gym, which they were willingly wanted to share with us. Well, Daryl eventually moved on to join the Harvest Church movement, and Kevin Furtney joined our team as church as associate and youth pastor. At the same time, our church leadership team launched what we called the Young Eagles um, Leadership Development Project, where we intentionally identified, encouraged, and equipped potential young leaders in our church. And I'm grateful as I look out on all of you today, many of you are still here and are holding key leadership positions in our church family. Well, this was a season of growing pains, so to speak, in that we enjoyed the closeness of a small church, but we were no longer a small church. Adding a second service was the only option. So an afternoon time slot was initially chosen, but was short-lived. A second morning service was added, which brings a need for more volunteers at every level, a growing pain we still face today. Well, Devin McDonald joined our staff, and his gifts were evident early on. In 2017, our leadership structure had changed to, from a leadership team to a staff and elder leadership model, which was a, becoming a growing trend in our Feb Central Baptist churches. Kevin eventually moved on to lead the First Baptist Church in Timmins, and Devin took on the role of associate pastor. Our community was filling up with houses, and they were creeping up right to our property line. If you stand at the back door, you can watch what someone's having for breakfast. Don't watch too long. As our city became more diverse and multicultural, our church family has reflected that shift as well, for which we are very appreciative. Well, at that time, Devin and Mark changed roles with the eyes on Mark's potential retirement. And when all that was all coming together, lo and behold, along came a pandemic. 
that not only changed those plans, but of course changed everybody else's plans. This was a challenging time for every church, ours included, as we tried to navigate the diverse perspectives within our church family. Keeping the main thing, the main thing, Jesus is still Lord of all, along with God renewing his grace and mercies every morning, helped us get through it, warts and all. Well, we felt that things had almost returned to normal as the pandemic seemed to be winding down when Devin announced that Uncle Sam was calling and he would soon be heading off to Minneapolis, Minnesota. Well, as was mentioned, Mark was then able to add another line to his growing resume, interim lead pastor. Thankfully, he was qualified for the role and no interview was required. (laughs) Well, I hope this brief snapshot will give some of our newer church family a little peek into the rearview mirror, so to speak. And so uh, I love show and tell, and uh, here it is. So this is a uh, rearview mirror. I keep this on my desk at Youth for Christ. It's out of my 1968 Dodge Monaco convertible. I keep it there as a visual reminder to remind myself that our lives are like driving. It's good to take a peek in the rearview mirror once in a while, but you can't spend too much time there. You're going to end up in the ditch. You've got to look where you're going. You've got to keep your eyes ahead because that's what matters most. While it seems that the only thing that's constant in our lives is change, we are grateful that our God is steadfast. He's immovable. He's a high tower. He's a fortress that we can take refuge in. And he is still in charge, for which we are thankful. Well, before I pass on the microphone, I just felt it was important that I give you a small peek into the workings of our pastoral search team. Our team consisted of the elders and four members of the congregation. We were looking to have a wide representation of you to help select our new pastor. The process took about a year and a half. And after a bit of a summer recess last year, the question was asked, should we add new people to the team? A fair question, I thought. So I felt it was the right time to speak up on behalf of our silver heads, our crowns of glory. I made the point that our seniors were not well represented on the team. There was a long silence. Then Corey, as chairman, looked right at me and told me I was the seniors' representative. (laughs) Of course, I took that as a compliment. I hope you do, too. And your 100% endorsement of Leo as our new pastor affirms the work of your pastoral search team. Thank you. Over to Jay and Liz Wright. Thank you, Jeff, for making us laugh and making it harder for us. (laughs) Um, Jay and I have the opportunity to speak about the pastorship of Mark and Faith in our lives and uh, our church here within Summerside. Um, Jay and I have been on worship team for probably 15 years, Um, not that we're aging ourselves, Um, but uh, we're just kind of going to go into a bit of our story, Um, and there's definitely more to it. We could be up here probably for a long time, but um, we'll just start off with 1 Peter 4, verse 10 and 11 says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. 
If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. And that is our focus this morning as we share. Um, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. Sorry, this is loud. Um, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. Uh, I went to elementary school with Julianne and Jamie. And uh, I had been to their house before as a kid, but I didn't know they were a Christian family. I didn't know what a Christian family was. Um, Jamie and I became really good friends in high school, and we played basketball together on Fridays after school. And he invited me over for dinner one night after basketball when I was 19, and I did not know what I was getting into. Um, So Mark and Faith had opened their home to host a young adult uh, alpha group to help people from their community, their church, school, camp, etc., grow in their faith and learn about Jesus. It was my first introduction to Christianity and also my first introduction to Liz. Um, This led, uh, sorry, uh, I kept coming to the group because I wanted to get to know Liz, but (laughs) turns out I ended up getting to know God much better as well. Um, So I started asking questions and seeking answers. And Mark was always there to uh, help me understand who Jesus was and how he could transform me. Uh, Mark spelled things out for me clearly and answered every question with grace, even the dumb ones. Um, But I ended up fully accepting Jesus as my Savior in September of 2006, and they were with me every step of the way. And for myself, I knew the Cuthbert family uh, from the days of volunteering at Forcecliffe Camp um, through my high school years and uh, various London-wide youth events. I had known uh, Julianne and and James and a number of youth that actually attended here during those years. I connected with Julianne our first week of university at Western and was invited by her to join this new young adult group um, that would later become known as the famous Friday Night Group. Although I had grown up in the church and I served in worship ministry as a teenager in another church, uh, I had yet to find my place in the young adult uh, small group or kind of the as a young adult in the church. I was set on finding my own community that would help me to learn to love Jesus more and live out the calling that he had placed on my life. So in the midst of raising five teenagers a set of triplets, Mark and Faith committed to serving us at their home consistently for multiple years. Julian and James invited anyone they knew to connect and form this group of very diverse individuals. Through the teaching about Jesus and very honest and open discussions, we learned about what faith and living for Jesus meant. Their home was warm and welcoming even with our loud, rowdy nights of Skippo, Hand and Foot, Guitar Hero, Nintendo, and Pool Basketball Association, um, <laughs> they always made us feel welcome and had patience for us when we would stay way too late and past their bedtime. Um, after a somewhat negative introduction to another church, um, We were invited by the Cuthberts to Summerside. We came and we never left. Uh, The church at the time was set to build a large addition to the current building, and we were excited to be a part of that. Summerside was warm and welcoming. Uh, People who you had just met really cared about you. Um, It didn't matter where you were at in your journey. The family of God here was kind and encouraging. 
Uh, we know this is a common experience for many new families that come here as well, as we've heard your stories. And we've built many lasting friendships that make this place our home. So Jay was baptized here in this building by Mark in 2008. And we got married in 2009. It was an honor to have Pastor Mark be our officiant at our wedding. Mark and Faith provided godly wisdom to us as a young married couple experiencing the trials of adulthood, work, having children, balancing life, marriage, and faith. There have been many occasions where we have reached out for guidance or counsel, and Pastor Mark and Faith have given it wholehearted, without judgment, and with ultimate love. Uh, Mark has always been a very kind and diplomatic leader. He lived out the gospel with dedication to ministry and teaching. He did this with grace and humility. Through the growing pains of Summerside Community Church, Pastor Mark was instrumental in growing and training up future lead pastors, as mentioned by Jeff before, uh, Pastor Dwayne, Pastor Daryl, Pastor Kevin, Pastor Devin. I know that sounds like Dr. Seuss. Um, <laughs> Pastor Luke, Pastor Tyler, Pastor Corey Brown and several other interns and leaders. Um, the transition with our previous lead pastor, uh, Devin, where they switched lead and associate pastor roles, demonstrated Mark's humility um, and desire to see the gospel spread in our, as our church grew. Um, not any person that has served in a position for 20-plus years can sit under the authority of their apprentice. Um, to the Lord's glory, Mark stepped up and back into the lead pastoral position uh, while our pastoral search was on. So Pastor Mark has been given gifts of teaching, wisdom, and has spent his years in ministry here doing just that. His preaching has always been based solely on the Word of God, the Bible, whether it is dissecting a verse or diving deep into the history of the Bible to give context, his message was consistent. It is Jesus who saves. It is Jesus who makes the difference. And it is Jesus whom we love. All of scripture points to Jesus. And because Mark preached the Bible, he pointed us and so many others to Jesus as our Savior. He has been a faithful steward of the gifts God has given him and has served our church body well over the years of service. In times of varying in opinions and trials, Mark has remained as a true elder, above reproach and consistent in his commitment to the body of Christ. Thank you, Mark, for your leadership, your friendship, and passion for ministry. We have been so personally and congregationally blessed by it. Summerside, we've been dedicated to this church family for nearly two decades. As we look to see where God takes us, let us not forget how the Lord has led us and grown us in the past. As the song we sang this morning, I will look back and see that you are faithful. And then we look ahead, believing you are able. Um, may our passion for the Lord grow as we continue to proclaim salvation in Jesus' name in our community and in our city. May God continue to receive the glory for all that is accomplished in this place and the lives that have been and are restored in Jesus' name. May we all be faithful stewards of the gifts God has given each one of us to serve our church body here at Summerside. We love you and thank you. And thank you for letting us share this morning.
Well, good morning. My wife was really not going to stay up. All right. All right. I'll have to hold this. All right. So my wife, Michelle, and I first came to Westminster Hope Baptist Church. You heard that name. So Summerside used to be called Westminster Hope Baptist Church. So we came in 1987, and I had just started attending London Baptist Bible College, and it was required that you find a local church to attend and get involved with. And uh, it's part of your ministry experience, education experience. Um, we chose to attend this small church that had a very family-friendly uh, atmosphere. Uh, Dr. David Barker was the uh, preaching pastor at the time. Uh, pastor Bruce Redding was the full-time pastor uh, at the church. And uh, at the time, there was a little older part of the building sitting in front of the old part of the building here that was even closer to the road Commissioner's Road, uh, way back, uh, way back then. And it was, uh, and so that addition was a huge sacrifice for the small, uh, church at the time to do in the early 1980s. And, uh, you know, again, as was mentioned, you have to remember that, you know, commissioners, uh, down to Bradley from Highbury over to Jackson, Road, like this is just farmland in this one little church building that somebody had this amazing uh, dream many, many years ago to put a church in the middle of nowhere and, and try to reach people and, and believe that someday it wouldn't be in the middle of nowhere it is absolutely a, a gift of God and an amazing uh, testimony. Well, as was mentioned, uh, we had a challenge uh, in those years, and that was that this development was going to happen. And Pastor Bruce uh, felt led of God to move on, and so we were looking for a new uh, pastor who would give us the, the wisdom and the, and the passion to lead us, uh, whatever the future would be, whether at the time, uh, whether we would even be here, because that was part of the question. Do we stay here? Do we move? The problem was we, we didn't have the resources to do anything with, but we had this little piece of land that the developer really liked, and we were annoying to him. So uh, the church the, the hired uh, Mark and Faith to come and uh, with their five children, and uh, he led us well uh, in the whole transition. And even to change the name of a church, that is a big deal. Right uh, to go through that process, to rename a church, to intentionally identify with the community that was yet to be built here, but trusting that God was going to use us to reach this this community. And uh, those days were not easy days. Those early days for Pastor Mark and Faith, uh, there were times when we could not pay the bills on time, and we couldn't even pay the pastor on time. So we really struggled during those days, but God blessed and God used Mark and Faith and uh, the leaders at the time. And uh, as you can see here, right, 30-plus years later, here you are in this, this amazing facility with all these people who love Jesus and want to see it continue to grow and flourish for another 30 years, Lord willing, under Pastor Leo. 30? Well, okay, not sure. 20, 20, okay? But how do you get here? 
how do you get to this point in life and ministry? How do you move on? How do you grow in the truth of the word of God and become a church, uh, in a, a, you know, a large church or even a growing, healthy church? How do you, how do you get to 20 years, 30, 40, 50 years of marriage? How do you hang in there to pastor or, 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 or uh, parent your kids when they're small? Because it seems like it's forever, right? How do you get through high school? How do you get through college? How do you get through life as a child of God? Well, all this is the same answer, and we do it one day at a time. Now, that may sound like good advice, but I'm going to encourage you that that is extremely the most biblical thing you and I can do every day. When God created the world in Genesis chapter 1, the very first thing God created was time, and he created a day. He created the first day, and then he created more days. Matter of fact, that's how God created everything, and that's how God wants us to live one day at a time. Now, if you're 75 years old, that's approximately 28,000 days. All right? Just so to give you a heads up on how many days you might live. But God doesn't expect us to live all that at once. He doesn't expect you to do 20 years of, mar- uh, of ministry. He doesn't expect you to do, you know, 10, 20 years of parenting all in one day. If we know Christ is our Savior, we know what our purpose is in life. It's to glorify God. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10.31, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. In Colossians 3.17, he said a little differently. He said, Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Mutual glorification of the Father and the Son. Doing all things for them, so we can make them known. In 2 Corinthians 5.15, Paul said, this is why we're saved. He said, and Jesus died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. And Jesus modeled this himself. He said, the night before he died, hours before the cross in John 17, he said, he prayed to his father. He said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you for you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life that they know you the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now father glorify me in your presence with the world I had with you before the world began. Jesus' purpose in life was what? Glorify God. How? Through the specific work God gave him to do, which was to die on the cross for our sins. So your purpose in life, your purpose whether you're a pastor, your purpose whether you're raising a family, your purpose whether you work in an office or a hospital or a construction job or your home raising children is the same. Glorify God. Glorify God with the current task you have at the moment that you have it because your tasks in life will change, but your purpose in life will never change. How do I glorify God in the specific task that I have? And God only expects you to do it one day at a time. Lamentations 3, which was already referenced this morning, says in verse 22, 
The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So God's mercies and grace arrive fresh today for today. You don't get tomorrow's graces and mercies today. You only get what you need for today to accomplish the purpose for which God wants you to accomplish today. And ultimately, he is doing what every day in our lives? He's conforming us more in the image of his son, Jesus Christ. We worry about the future. We all worry about the future, right? We worry about different things. We're concerned where our our children will be in a few years, where our church will be, what the world will be like, right? Whether we'll get through parenting, whether we'll get through high school, whether we'll get through pastoring over the next few years. But Jesus said something very practical in Matthew 6.34. He said, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So Jesus was saying, don't try to live tomorrow today. Yes, obviously plan, obviously make plans, obviously dream, obviously play, pray about all those things. But you won't get them all in one day. To see, to see churches grow and families grow and yourself mature in Jesus all boils down to being faithful to God and Jesus today. To glorify God and live for Jesus today. And then you wake up tomorrow and you do it again tomorrow and the next day. And guess what? Some of those days we blow it, right? Some of those days we didn't do a very good job. And God says, that's okay. Let's try again tomorrow. I'm going to give you graces and mercies to do it again tomorrow. And when you and I do that one day at a time, walking by faith, trusting God, living for his glory one day at a time, next thing you know, Right? You're 30 years done in marriage, or marriage, ministry. <laughs> you got 100 grandkids or however many you got now, right? <laughs> you know? But you know what I mean? Like all of a sudden you're, 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 you're older, you're more mature, you've reached another stage in life, right? And you did it how? Trusting God one day at a time. What's the best way to finish well in life? Finish today well, right? Finish today well, because that's all God is asking you to do right now. And then tomorrow, do it again, right? Glorify God, live for Jesus instead of yourself until he completes the good work of conforming us into the image of his son, Jesus Christ, which is his goal for you and me. Amen. I'm going to invite the elders of Summerside to join me on stage right now. I'm also going to invite um, Pastor Mark and Faith to come up as well. I want you to know after the service, we have a reception in the lobby, and everyone here is invited to uh, spend time together as a family. Uh, And uh, you'll have an opportunity to talk with uh, Mark and Faith as well. So... Do we have a microphone? Yeah, good. We do. Um, What amazing testimonies we've seen. And 
I told everyone I'd keep this short because there was going to be tears, and they're starting already, so we're actually going to go longer than we thought, because if they're starting already, then who cares? Um, the thing I love the most when we hear these kind of stories is that it's about people speaking into other people's lives. And I, it's funny, I talked about it at the men's breakfast last Saturday, but it's that generational, you know, download of Jesus into people's lives through, through the men and women of our church that I just love so much and I cherish so much about this building and, um, and this family. And I just can't say enough how much it matters that all of you are involved in that. And that those little conversations you have with someone mean a lot. The way you carry yourself means a lot. It changes how people see themselves in light of how Jesus sees them. And that is the most important thing. And I can't thank you guys enough for creating a culture where that is possible and where that flourishes like it does. It's so important. And, you know, as you head off, for a little while, and it will seem like a little while. Time never goes as fast as when you're not at work. We all know that, right? Um, you know, we wanted to honor these guys with some time off paid because 30 years is a long time to work hard. And, and churches, I think, are supposed to give pastors sabbaticals every 30 years or so. I think that's that's customary. Every 10. Oh, it's every 10. Oh. Oh, gosh. Okay. He's owed three. <laughs> okay, well, here's your two-month sabbaticals. We just saved them up. But we do appreciate everything you've done, and, and we wanted this to happen for you guys for a couple of reasons. Is This is a big, uh, a big change, right? You know, Jeff mentioned that the only thing constant is change, but in this church for 30 years, Mark's been constant, and faith has been constant. And that's been such a gift for this church, and it's going to be different. And, um, you know, we wanted them to have time to seek God in this season and to find out what he would have them do. But also, we weren't ready to close the door on Mark serving here still. So so take some time and, and seek the Lord and really find out what he wants for you guys. And, and we'll be here when you get back. <laughs> We'll be here. And so um, I'm just going to invite Elias to pray for us as, uh, as we finish here. I'm not going to say anything else, otherwise we won't get through it. So uh, please bow your heads. Let's pray for, for this morning. So, Father, I thank you for this morning. Uh, I thank you for just the testimonies we've heard and the ways that you have worked um, in this part of your church, this local part of your church, um, for the last 30 years, and a huge part of that has been through the faithfulness of Mark and Faith um, and their work here. So we thank you for that. We thank you for how your kingdom has grown. We thank you for the people who've come to know you. Like Jay mentioned earlier, there are many others like that, Lord, who came to know you at the cross um, in large part because of how you worked through Mark and Faith. So I thank you for that. Thank you for the lives that have been impacted like my own greatly through their influence. They were like another set of spiritual parents. And not just not just from the preaching that Mark did on Sunday mornings, but through counseling, through prayer, faith's work in the kids' ministry. 
and just their faithful stewardship over your church. They have run well. So as they go off into a sabbatical, we pray that it would be a deep time of rest, that they would be able to rest in you, that you would provide safety over their travels, that you would give them clarity as well as to what you are calling them to in this next season, that you would draw them close to each other, and that you would draw them especially close to yourself. So we pray this blessing over them, and we thank you for being our Father. Amen.